Hello, welcome to Blaze Pod. My name's Ben. It is Wednesday, the 7th of August. It's Premier League prediction time. Season kicks off in, uh, well, in two days, actually, on Friday. Obviously, it kicks off for the Blades on Saturday. Andrew from Roy's View from joining me in a, a monster podcast, actually. Um, so, yeah, thanks if you managed to uh, to get all the way through it. We we talk about quite a lot in this one. Um, I will say stick to the end because uh, I have Jeff Hayward from the Bournemouth podcast, Back of the Net, on to talk specifically about um, Bournemouth themselves and a little bit about what to expect about the game on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, do stay tuned for that because it's... Uh, a really interesting insider view, talking a little bit about how uh, Bournemouth have adapted to the Premier League, obviously some of the signings they've made this summer and generally what their expectations are. And I think seeing as, you know, we kind of talk um, about United trying to follow the Bournemouth model, I think it's uh, a good insight. So check out that one at the end. Um, Just a little bit of uh, quick housekeeping, I guess, to, to let you know. Uh, obviously, we've been releasing these on Wednesdays uh, through the summer, but as of this weekend, we're going to start putting them out on Sunday or Monday after uh, each United game during the season. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully, just a couple of days after. Obviously, if we're playing on Monday Night Football, we'll, we'll bounce it to the following day to give us some time to actually think about it. But, um, yeah, expect weekly Bladespod content through the season with myself and Andrew. Um Finally, uh, I set up a fantasy Premier League for any Blades Pod listeners. So go and check out my Twitter if you want the code for that one. Uh, it's at Blades Pod. And um, yeah, you can give me a good beating in that one. And then, yeah, before we get started, uh, if you listened last week, Blades Pod, you will now know that Blades Pod has its first ever sponsor. I am delighted to be partnering with the Den Blades fanzine through the whole of this season. Um, if by some miracle you've not heard of Den Blades, then allow me to bring you up to speed. Uh, it's a fantastic fanzine written, produced and distributed by supporters of Sheffield United Football Club. Inside you'll find nothing but Blades related content uh, with a flair for story, opinion and irreverence uh, from a range of extremely talented and creative Blades fans. Uh, several of whom have appeared on this podcast, actually, and I've uh, occasionally contributed something myself. Um, the Denblades fanzine comes in annual and quarterly forms, meaning these are, are not articles you're going to find anywhere else. It's completely unique. Uh, they also care a lot about the design and longevity of the fanzine, so each edition features uh, superb original cover art by a local designer. The annual, the Denblades annual, is out right now with the theme of away matches. So away days, away games, away kits... Uh, it starts out with the Blades' run to the 1899 FA Cup uh, and ends with Stoke away at the end of last season. Uh, it features a story of 200 Blades on a boat on the Thames, uh, watching the Blades in a country that no longer exists, and Tales from Australia with ex-Blade Nick Montgomery as well. So, fantastic fanzine. Uh, I definitely recommend you go and check it out. Uh, you can pick it up from denblades.co.uk, so denblades.co.uk. Um, and yeah, hope you uh, hope you enjoy that one. Um, I think that's everything. Long intro, sorry. Um, now back to the podcast. On with the podcast. Here's Andrew. We're going to spend a long time telling you where Sheffield United are going to finish this season. Thanks for downloading. Here we go. Joined once again by Andrew from Roy's View. From how you doing today, Paul? Yeah, very good. Um... Getting there, and it nerve nerve wracking now. We're getting excited and nerve nervousness at the same time. Yeah, just a few more days to go, I suppose. Before we start, can you confirm that you have uh, not turned down a lucrative deal to join the Athletic last week? 
and you're I've staying not, with Blazepod. I've, I've not I've not been offered, um, but you know I talk to my agent, and it's out of my hands as players say, isn't it? So <laughs> <laughs> we're still approaching the deadline, I suppose. So. Yeah, yeah, we've got tomorrow, so anything can happen in twenty four hours. <laughs> it really can. Uh, Mark Duffy's still still a Sheffield United player, by the way. Good. Is... I'm 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 hoping you were you are right and I'm wrong with that because. I think I read QPR were uh, interested in him yesterday. I'm not sure how true that was, but mm. obviously they picked up a little bit of money today because they've, they've sold a, what, I can't pronounce his name. Longo, I think, to Wednesday. Well, Longo, yeah, to, to, to Wednesday. So who knows? I hope he does stay, but yeah. Yeah, time will tell. So yeah, this podcast could date uh, a little bit quickly, I suppose, with, with the deadline coming up, but, but hopefully not. Um, we're obviously going to give... Uh, Premier League predictions today. Just, uh, I guess, just before we get into that, uh, United played Stad Duraz or something along those lines. It's not actually pronounced Rems. Somebody, uh, somebody correct? No, apparently it's. Uh, I won't attempt to butcher it, but uh, it, <laughs> it's closer to Raz than it is to Rem or Rems, as we were saying. Um, but anyway, I, I didn't get to, well, I started to watch a uh, a periscope of this on Twitter and uh, very quickly felt seasick. So, yeah, so you, you sent me the same one, the, the same stream, and I, I think I watched the last half an hour of the first half and I felt a bit ill. And then um, yeah. I started watching the second half and once the third goal went in, I just like, that. no, I'm, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I had like Soccer Saturday opening a different window and then the Ashes on the TV. I was like, this is too much. I'll, I'm just going to have to take everyone's word for what happens in this friendly. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I, I, there was one interesting thing. I thought we obviously lost 3-1. Uh, Robinson's got a cracking goal, but I thought it was quite interesting... Um, Wilder afterwards said he, he figured that some of the players kind of kind of had an eye on next weekend, which I thought was quite an interesting admission. But I suppose that does make sense, doesn't it? You know, you want to just sort of uh, take your foot off the throttle a little bit with a you know, much more important game coming up. But yeah, See, I, I, didn't, I didn't really care until I saw that Norwich beat Toulouse. I think it was Toulouse and uh, Villa beat Leipzig away three one. I'm like ah, because <laughs> it's getting to that 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 sort of that sort of part of the season now where you do start sort. I do anyway. This is where my worry starts coming in, and you start looking at other little things. I did it at the end of last season as well, but mm. I, I'm really silly. I'm sure it's nothing to to get concerned about. No, I don't. I don't think so either. And uh, yeah, that seemed to be the uh, the take from Wilder anyway. Uh, it's all about what happens in these next 38 games now. So yeah, let's let's do our Premier League predictions then. So. What we're not going to do is uh, one through twenty because I actually, I actually think that's a little bit dull for Premier League because like you know who's going to be pretty much who's going to be in the top four, the top six, probably the bottom six to be honest. I mean, all right, there might be one surprise at either end, but very much doubt. It. I think it's, it's nowhere, nothing like the Championship where you can no. you know look like a genius or an idiot um, very easily, basically. So um, it's almost three leagues in the Premier League. You've got the top mm. six and the six after that, and then you know, and then the, the you know the mid table and the bottom half. And as you say, when I've looked at these these countdowns, as soon as it's got past the relegation places, I've sort of fast forwarded to the you know Champions League. Yeah, yes. what people are predicting about that. So very much so. So um, yeah, the way we're going to do this is uh, basically categories of predictions so we will predict the top four we'll predict the three relegated teams we will pay some lip service to other teams that we think are likely to be in trouble but probably will survive and then a few other uh, slightly more specific ones as well but I think the best place to start is of course with the blades so yeah let's um let's get right into it let's let's stick our necks out and make ourselves look either geniuses or stupid as I said 
how will we do this season? Give me your final league position for Sheffield United this season. Oh, and actually, sorry, just before we get into that, um, we want to practice what we preach from the previous <laughs> podcast where we said, like, how annoying it is. I mean, fine with people predicting that we're going to finish bottom of the league, but at least back it up. Give some reason, mm. give some evidence or, you know, just something that backs up your opinion rather than just yeah. going like, oh, Norwich are going down because because whatever. So yeah. we're going to try and give reasons. But anyway, the Blades, how are we going to finish the season? I've gone 17th. Okay. Are you doing yours next or do you want me to carry on? And I've, I've gone 16th. So yeah. we, we both think that United are going to stay up is the headline there. Yeah, that's the headline news. Yeah, take that away. <laughs> um, and I, I guess, you know, I think it's very common for teams to overrate the chances of their own team. I mean, you know, I was looking through... I think that when Saturday comes preview, there's one on the Telegraph as well um, in the in the Guardian that uh, sorry name drop that um, yeah. I wrote a little bit for. <clears throat> um, everybody predicts their team is going to do better than everyone else thinks their team is going to do. But yeah, I, I feel confident in this one. Obviously, we're booking the the general trend of predictions for United, which is generally we're going to finish bottom of the league. So do you want do you want to make the case of why ninety percent of pundits are wrong and why we'll stay up? Yeah, but I mean, don't get me wrong. If we go down, it's not going to be a huge shock to me. I'm not going to be saying, "Wow, I didn't see that coming." Mm. I think, I think this is a positive that we've got. We're going in there with a with a group of players who have never played there before. We're not talking about people who have failed at Premier League level before or or on the way down. Or you know, we're we're talking about people players who are going to be relishing that chance. I don't know how they're going to go. Chris Wilder probably don't really know how a lot of these players are going to go. You know, and I think that we're going to enjoy it because I think it's part of a long-term project. I don't think it's a it's a case of we need to stay up this season, otherwise this whole you know this ceiling's going to fall through and mm. we're going to be in a in a state next season. I think with the players that we've bought, we've given ourselves the best chance. And I think the just listening to the interviews yesterday on the uh, Radio Five um, podcast thing that they did, where they had like an hour special about United, oh, you could tell that they're so excited, the players. And obviously, this this might not mean anything in in the grand scheme of things, but I, I, I've seen worse teams than us go up. Huddersfield being an example and get through it with just pretty much pure enthusiasm, from what I gathered from what I saw of their games. I don't see why we can't do that. Mm. And I think, uh, yeah, not only the enthusiasm, but you know, I think we're genuinely very good as well. I think this is another well thing I've wrote down actually that we're better than I I remember as well. It's only when when we play the the preseason friendlies when we started off against Betis and we were passing the ball around in the in the first half and I I always I underrate us and I think I think a lot of Sheffield United fans underrate how good we were last season mm. and how good this team actually is as a team. I think we're better than a lot of teams who have gone up and stayed up. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm encouraged by that. I mean, it comes down to can we get ten or eleven wins? I think you know that would yeah. give you thirty three points on its own. You figure you draw seven or eight games, something up to forty points. That's almost certainly, barring an absolute freak, going to be enough. I mean, mm-hmm. I look back. Warnock got us to ten wins, um, and all right, the league is different now than it was twelve years ago. But we have a better manager. We definitely have better players. We yeah. have a much more sustainable style of football compared to you know it wasn't quite you know kick and run with uh with Warnock's blades but there was a bit of that weren't there for being yeah, honest it was, it was, it was yeah, pretty yeah. prosaic with a I mean we didn't have 
we didn't have the wealth of like attacking options that we have now, for example. I mean, well, as soon as Alls got injured, we were down pretty much, weren't we? Pretty much, yeah. We we're relying on uh, you know Weber and Stead, who were yeah. on you know honest tries, I think. But you know, Stead went on a nice little run, and I don't want to denigrate what he did for us because he was he was really good for us for that half a season. But yeah, they were championship players. I mean, very much championship players as well, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. Um, the other thing that I think is quite underrated um, among pundits, I feel like this has been a bit lost in the uh, in the narrative, really, and that's how good our defence was last season. Yeah. yeah, I've wrote that down myself, actually, that there's certain other teams who have gone up who are going to be under the sort of pressure that possibly they didn't have last season. We've had that, the Leeds game, the Brentford game in particular, where we survived a massive onslaught, which is what we're going to face a lot of games next year. Obviously, we're better players, but we've proven that we've got that mentality to keep to keep going and be resilient, even when we're being outplayed. Definitely. I mean, um, you know, just keeping teams to to zeros and ones basically will give us a great chance because mm-hmm. then you know you get one goal, you get three points, you get one point, and we're rolling. I mean, we have to remember that the kind of margins for error are a bit a bit more in our favour now because we're not going for promotion. It's not in, you know, if we lose three or four games on the spin, all right, it's not great, but also it doesn't yeah. break it doesn't break your season as it would if you're going for um the top of the league. But yeah, I mean the thing I'd say is, you know, our defence was so good last season and it was really good the year before as well. So um yeah, we had the second best defence in the league on uh, expected goals against last season. I think it was actually the best or second best the season before as well, but for some weird reason, we conceded way more than we should have done per expected goal. So yeah. that came down a lot last there season. There were a lot of long ranges, weren't there, that season? There were. So you could say, you know, perhaps just a smarter system defensively means we closed down those shots. You could mm-hmm. say Dean Henderson is a much better goalkeeper than um, Sam Moore or Jamal Blackman were, or it could be a you know combination of things. It could just be luck, to be honest. That um, you know we were unlucky when all those shots were flying in, and suddenly they uh, they don't anymore because they're unlikely to fly in. That's the way it happens. So yeah, yeah. so basically, it's a very good defence that we're carrying into the Premier League. And I mean, um, S two stats wrote this a great piece this week. I don't know if you've uh, checked it out. It's, I did, yeah, yeah, I yeah, did, yeah. Really interesting, showing how. I guess how important a good defence is and, and also why this is uh, worrying if you're Aston Villa in particular because obviously you know teams will concede more in the Premier League but also they'll come under more pressure, they'll face more shots um, and they'll they'll face more dangerous chances. But yeah, we were really, really good at um, restricting opposition to uh, pretty poor chances all the way through. I mean, I'm looking at um, Experimental 361 adders as one of the highest teams in terms of the amount of shots faced per goals conceded. So basically, teams needed loads and loads of shots to score against us. And to combi- uh, to say, combine with that, we didn't yeah. concede many shots in each yeah. game. Yeah. So, yeah, it was not like, uh, you know, it's not like we were relying on an incredible goalkeeper or, you know, uh, a defence throwing all these blocks in, in the way. Our whole sort of structure is based on restricting teams to not many shots and poor shots. And yes, that'll you know regress a bit in the Premier League against better teams, but it's a good base to build off, I think. So, yeah, defence is... I think that is the case for the defence for Sheffield United staying yeah, up. That's a really... Uh, literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think with Steve... Obviously, the, I, I hate mentioning Steve Nichols. He's come out with 
absolute rubbish <laughs> all week, it seems. But he, he was saying, like, oh, they're going to get murdered, you know, with the overlapping centre-halves. And a lot of people say it'll not work in the Premier League, and, and it might not, but... They sort of completely overlooking how good the defence was last season. They are. I don't understand why all of a sudden, yeah, we're coming up against better quality players, but it's not some sort of haphazard approach where everyone bombs forward. It's not, you know, FIFA last minute when you've got Ted up front or whatever. <laughs> it, it is There is a, a defensive structure to the attackingness of the centre-halves going forward. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the, yeah, the thing that, yeah, yeah, we had that when we came to the championship, it was like, oh, if you're going to play overlapping centre-backs every week, you're going to get murdered. But the thing that they don't, realise I think is that if one centre back goes forward Norwood drops in so we yeah. keep we keep the defensive shape and you know that's why his uh, defensive numbers are, are so good really because he's I don't think Norwood went in went in the opposition's area last season <laughs> other than to take a penalty actually <laughs> probably not yeah so <laughs> uh, that doesn't worry me I, I think that's uh, ignorant that sort of view of like I mean obviously we you know we're unlikely to see Basham in Man City's box very often but no yeah, that, that doesn't. That, uh, I'd like to see it, but <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, and I guess yeah, there's there's no reason to think that our defense will be, you know, it will crumble because it's exactly the same personnel. Arguably, it's uh, it's better because we've got Jackie Elker, who's a very experienced mm-hmm. Premier League defender, so that's kind of better cover. So yeah, I'm I'm we'll encouraged. We'll probably bring one in by the sounds as well, or at least a defensive midfield. I would have thought. Mm. Yeah, that would that's probably the only only piece we're really missing, I guess. So, mm. Yeah, there's a, the lad from uh, Leicester. What's his name? Uh, Amity, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd like, I'd like, I would like. I remember when he first came into the Leicester side. I was really impressed with him, but obviously mm. had a few injuries, aren't they? But yeah, um, yeah. Two other things, just again in United's favour. I think I really like our signings. I think we've addressed most of the areas that uh, that kind of concern me. We, you know, we've added dynamic midfielders. You know. Uh, who can play as like uh, in a deeper role uh, or as a number ten? So, you know that's that's Ravel Morrison, Luke Freeman. Uh, we've had a lot of pace, a lot of skill. Players that are going to be able to create and you know get a shot away out of nothing. And yeah, that's that's what we didn't have last season. I mean, Robinson yeah. could be a real star based on what we've seen. McBurney should be great. Henderson's back. And, um, and yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that they, obviously not Henderson is on loan, but Robinson and McBurney and the signings like that can grow with the club no matter what mm. happens. Hopefully, you know, I think that these are people obviously look at it and think from the outside, oh, they're just signing championship players. But the young championship, they're not we're not signing, you know, a 35 year old who banged 20 goals in the year before. We're, we're signing people to progress with and, and the excitement that those players must have as well to play mm. in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think also just kind of tied into that. There's no, uh, there's no character question marks over any of our new signings apart from arguably Ravel Morrison. But yeah. you know, even he seems to be in a good place at the moment and possibly yeah. has been for the last couple of years as well. So I think that's a big deal. I think again, people, you know, where, where some people sort of turn their nose up at like, you know, where you're just ch- signing championship players and you know you're only signing British players and this kind of thing. But that seems. That seems like kind of low risk to me, and obviously it's yeah. the market we can shop in. I mean, yeah, you look at Villa, and uh, you know some of their players might turn out <coughs> to be fantastic, but we don't know if they're going to settle in England. We don't know if they're going to adapt to the Premier League. Whereas, I think with a greater degree of certainty, you can say that most of our signings have a better chance of just hitting the ground running and yeah, definitely. fitting in, being a part of the the squad and, yeah, the setup. So I'll, I'll do the negative side of things because let's just like for a little on. bit of balance sort of thing is obviously none of these players have... I can I can completely see from the outside, even the people looking to it more than just, oh, they've only signed championship players. 
why people have tipped us to struggle. We've obviously we, we are ahead of schedule. I think I do think that none of us expected to be in the Premier League this quick. Yeah, we've obviously got the coastal of the League One team, which I personally don't see as a bad thing whatsoever. But I can also see why other people might think, you know, all right, jump for Championship is is one thing, jump to the Premiership is another. And I don't think any of us can really sit here and say uh, and say, yeah, they're definitely going to su- succeed at Premier Premiership level. I think that. We've got an idea of who's going to be good enough and who might not be good enough, but no one knows really with this team. I think out of possibly all the teams in the Premier League, we might be the one who's the the the, the least known quantity. Mm. Yeah, I feel like we, we've attracted a little bit of uh, football hipster attention in the last couple of weeks from um, mm-hmm. Stats Bomb, and uh, I haven't read this yet actually, but um, Michael Cox on the Athletic has. Uh, I've not read. No, yeah, I, I, yeah, I've not read it myself. But yeah, the, it's a good article. Yeah, yeah. The premise is, as I understand, uh, he's written about the three promoted teams, but he's put an emphasis on Sheffield United because they are the most interesting in terms of what's going on tactically and uh, you know squad building wise. Um, and well, I that's guess the thing that I think that if if people are look are doing the the stats and then they still pick us to go down. That's absolutely fine. I think what got a lot of people backs up with what the media has said. It just gives silly reasons like, oh, they've signed Lise Moussa, you know. Yeah. It, I think I think everyone can look at this logically and and pick Sheffield United to go down. But I think there's a lot of laziness, obviously, going around as well. Yes, uh, yes. Much will depend on Lise Moussa was what I read earlier. I was like, what, yeah. our, our fifth-choice striker? Yeah, <laughs> so, mean, yeah and, and obviously Billy Sharp gets talked about as if he's... It was sort of a one-man team. Up, Billy Sharks picks the ball up from the halfway line, <laughs> takes three on, and you know bangs in the top corner. It's, it's it's quite frustrating to read because these are these. What, what annoys me with this? I'm going to a bit of a rant here. Is because these are professional people who are getting paid. Hmm. I find the people who would do it as a as a more of a hobby of put actually more effort into it. But <laughs> absolutely. Well, that's that's you and me for this podcast. We've, Let's we've hope so. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to just like I'll be hypocritical and just say Norwich are going down soon just because <laughs> the Norwich. <so. laughs> right. One more reason why Sheffield United are going to stay up. We have the best coach in all the land, as voted for by his peers last season. Uh, he's consistently shown at every single level that he and uh, his assistant can adapt, rise to challenges, overcome adversity, perfectly placed. He knows what he's doing. He's been given the tools to uh, you know, make stuff happen this summer, brought in the players that he wanted. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no better man to be no. managing us, I don't think. And, Do you and think all- it'll be a bigger achievement if he keeps us up than taking us up? Mm, don't know. Good, good question. That, that might be... I've been thinking that myself. I think it'll be a bigger achievement keeping us up, personally. Mm. I think with everything around it, and I, I don't, I, it was amazing last season, don't get me wrong, but if he keeps us up as well as... I don't know, it is a tough one, isn't it? I yeah, that, that's a separate podcast on its own, <laughs> yeah. I think. That's a good one. Yeah. We can revisit that into the season. Yeah. But Sorry, I think... I'll... that on you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also, you know... We saw this when we got promoted from League One. We we went we were aggressive. We went for games. I remember Nil uh, said this in an interview. They when they got promoted, they looked at the Championship or like the risk averse league. You know, teams are trying not to lose rather than to win. That's a that's something we can exploit. A situation we can exploit. And you can't tell me that the bottom third of the Premier League is not risk averse and is is looking over its shoulder and trying yeah. not to get relegated. And yeah. That's what I'm saying. Can we win 10, 11 games? I think we'll, you know, we'll go and try and win games instead of draw them. I think we'll be a um, a real threat at home. I think our home form will be good again. 
Well, our um, time in the Premier League were, were incredible, really, considering we went down. I think we only lost five. Yeah, but I think we'll be a lot better away this time as well. I don't think we'll be going to many teams, certainly outside the top six, and, and doing the old damage limitation job. I think when, we'll th- when people talk about us away from home in the last Premier League, I always have this image of when we lost 3-0 to Arsenal and I'm watching mm-hmm. BBC uh, final score and the camera like cut to the game and it were Warnock with the, the biggest smile on his face after losing 3-0 just waving around it were almost like a day out you know <laughs> yeah. I don't think we'll see any of that this that was, season that was their first win at the Emirates as well I think they'd lost like I'm sure they'd lost to someone rubbish to get started yeah. I mean it was yeah, only yeah. like the fifth game or something but still yeah they were absolutely delighted and I'm thinking oh, that, that's not a good look <laughs> yeah and uh, I'm pretty conf- confident saying that we won't see Wilder doing that for us no. this season even if even when we do get the inevitable beating here and there so there you go Sheffield United we're, we're both confident they're going to stay up um yeah I, I just I just feel pretty we're in a good place we're giving ourselves the best chance to uh to make it happen and yeah I, I don't think we'll be you know I see some people say like oh you know they're gonna finish like 12th or something like that I think that's <clears throat> that's a step too far at this yeah. point I think I mean admittedly once you get outside of the bottom three it becomes a bit of a a mishmash where like four points either way sort of propels Mm. you five places or something but yeah that's probably a bit much but i'm comfortable in saying uh we will stay up i think so yay bring it on yeah um (laughs) let's uh let's quickly tick off the top four because i don't think this is hugely interesting weirdly enough (laughs) um and then we can get on to relegated teams so do you want to give me your top four in order yeah, fourth place I've gone uh, Arsenal, which is basically because I think Chelsea and Man are in a bit of a state. Although Arsenal have decided not to bother with defence, I think this year they've <laughs> they they do seem a little bit more settled than Chelsea and Man United for me. What about you in fourth? I have gone Chelsea fourth, but to be yeah. honest, that's quite interchangeable um, with Arsenal. I think Arsenal are a bit of a mess. They weren't um, yeah. they outperformed a lot of their. Um, advanced numbers last season, basically due to the fact that um, Abamyang, well, Abamyang in particular, but Lacazette as well, yeah. just like banged in goals out of nowhere, and you know they're still there, obviously. So they'll probably. That's the reason I've gone from. Obviously, Chelsea have lost Hazard as well, aren't they? And they've got a rookie manager in Lampard. It, mm. it, as you say, it, I, I, it's either one really of Chelsea and Arsenal. I don't think Man United have got a chance personally this year. I think. I think Chelsea's uh, floor, if you want to put it that way, is um, is higher than Arsenal's. I think Arsenal could have mm-hmm. a very bad season. I'm not saying they will. I think they'll probably yeah. still finish like sixth, probably something like fifth or sixth. Mm. Um, but I think that Chelsea's kind of baseline is probably a bit higher. So I went for them in fourth. Yeah, what that's about fair play. Third? It's always Spurs, isn't it, in third? Yeah. <laughs> they, sort, they sort of carved out their own position that's not good enough for a title challenge, but they're better than everyone else in the league. It's that sort of... I won't say no man's land because I'd love to finish third, but it's that hmm. they're not quite good enough for the top two. They're always going to be in the Champions League for me. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've gone Spurs third as well. Um, it's, it's it feels like there's a big gap between them and um, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Man U now. Yeah, um, I when, think so. Whether that is actually uh, you know holds true in the league table, but I think certainly ability wise, um, <laughs> if they end up with Dybala up front with Harry Kane, oof. yeah. That gets that gets quite tasty, and uh... it's interesting because obviously they're they're due to make the most signings tomorrow. I think obviously it's transfer mm-hmm. deadline tomorrow, obviously, and they're they're the ones who are tipped to do the most signings, aren't they? So yeah, and I, I think if um, if some of the reported ones come off, they may have a serious tilt at, um, at finishing the top two. I think, but I'd, I'd like to see it. I would like to see because I think they've. they've I, I'm always impressed when I see them Tottenham. I like the manager as well. So yeah, same. 
Um, all right, what what is your top two then? In order, I've on, I've on Liverpool second, City first. Yeah, exactly the same, and I imagine yeah. most people will as well. To be honest, I, uh, I don't think there's much in it. I just think City have got that slightly better squad overall. I'm going to predict that uh, City win the league by quite a distance this year. Um, uh, yeah, I can't see Liverpool doing quite as well. I think last year were. I won't say it's the chance and they blew it because they didn't because they lost one game. But mm. uh, at the same time, I don't know if. Uh, I can't see him getting that close for a while, actually. No, I can't see. I mean, they got um, it was something uh, I should have looked this up, but it, it's something like the third highest points total ever in the Premier League, or something mm. like that. And obviously, Man City have got the two uh, the two higher ones. Um, yeah, I just I just don't think they'll get near the same amount of points. You know, they won a no, lot of a lot of close games that they won last season. I'm not saying they didn't deserve to win those games, but you know, those are the kind of games where a 20 yard screamer goes in and you end up drawing it, or you know, a goal gets disallowed or something. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think um, quite boringly, I think City will win the league by, you know, probably seven, eight, nine points, something yeah, like I'd that. Yeah, I go with that. I think I agree with you with that definitely. Yeah, cool. All right, that's the top four then. So let, let's get on to relegated teams. So I haven't bothered to put an order for these eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth. I think it's probably just more interesting to just talk about them generally. Um, yeah. Do you want to do you want to pick one to get us started? I'll, I'll go. I'll th- I'll leave the one that I'm not sure about last. So right. the one that I'm not obviously I'm not sure about the, the other two, but the the ones that stand out for more to me. The first one I've gone for is Brighton. Oh, interesting. I, I think that Hewton was obviously a more direct and a more defensive manager, and and I understand why they got rid of him. They probably would have gone down if they'd have kept him. Potter's going to, in my opinion, completely change the style of football. Mm. And judging by, I mean, I've been on their forums and stuff and look what they're saying. And they sound a little bit like us in the sense that they don't really know how they're going to do because it's such a new way of playing that they've got compared to Hewton's more defensive. Obviously, Potter's been brought in to spice it up, hasn't he, a little bit and play more attractive football. But even last season with the defensive setup, because they were saying last season they were really negative and, you know, they still conceded a lot of goals. They, They were the sixth most, I think, in the league and they had the third most shots conceded. Mm. So if they're trying to expand, but they've still got these problems at the back, and I know they've signed Webster, but I don't know if he's going to be good enough to, you know, stop all these goals that they've been, they were leaking anyway last season. And they're trying to they're trying to change the style of play as they go. Yeah, that's We saw with West Brom and Stoke, they got rid of dull, effective premiership managers and then went down because it takes a while, obviously, to get the balance right. Yeah, I think I think that's a good shout actually. I also have Brighton in the uh, in one of my picks um, for to get relegated. Although this was uh, this was one of the two teams I was kind of teetering on. Um, well, they yeah. got thirty six points last season, and I think you'll possibly need more than that this year because I don't think there's going to be anyone in the league as bad as Huddersfield were last year. Or Fulham, to be honest. And Fulham, yeah, exactly. And they, they've they've got a huge squad as well. That like I said when I went on the forums, they were all saying that. That their squad needs cutting, you know, more than possibly they need people bringing in. It's a, it's a huge squad, and I've got a quote here from one of them who said that um, uh, Brighton had an issue under Hugh, and and we seem to have remedied it, but uh, obviously it's still an unknown. And I think that's the that's the whole thing. Potter's not proven enough to say, wow, he's going to go in and do it. I think he's a promising manager, did well last season, but not to the point where I think, yeah, he's going to turn that round overnight. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I was on board with them sacking Chris Hewton mm. at the end of the season. I mean, yeah, I, that, yeah, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing personal against Chris Hewton, but um, they were tr- they basically invested in all these attacking players. 
the previous summer, um, uh, like I think it's Lacardia. I, I don't have them in front of me actually. I should have done. Uh, <clears throat> I'll just call that up actually. Uh, Another the, the foreign names are so I'm out of my comfort zone, but I do I do know, I do know what players you're referring to. Yeah, they brought in basically a load of players that um, you know kind of. Project, projected on on analytics basis to be like really really good attacking players, and then Hewton either either didn't play them or played them in like a defensive formation. Yeah, and yeah, they ended up with uh, thirty five goals, and they scored thirty four the season before as well. So that's rubbish, frankly. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, the only um, looking now only the three relegated teams scored less goals than that. Um, and yeah, their uh, their XG as well was was extremely low. Uh, it's forty point eight, which was lower than every other team apart from Huddersfield. So it's not mm-hmm. like they weren't. Uh, it's not like they were missing loads of chances. They weren't creating any chances. Um, so yeah, I mm-hmm. I think they will be pretty bad as well. I mean, unless Potter's a miracle worker and you know he just starts playing these these players who were supposed to be good and they turn out to be good. But I'm, I'm just not sold on their squad. The last um, thing I think, if if I understand that he's he could get these attacking players, you know, to play a lot better. But the defense wasn't brilliant last season, so I don't see how you can sort of play a more attractive attacking style of play when your defense is still. It was the sixth worst last season. Obviously, three of those teams have gone. So yeah, it was only yeah. I'm just looking now. Yeah, there was about six. Or Bournemouth seven. conceded about. 280 goals or something <laughs> last season. I think they conceded 70 goals last season, Bournemouth, which were obviously a... They did, a, you're right. Yeah, that was that, that, obviously a high amount of goals to concede. And I can't see Bournemouth doing that again, personally. No, probably not. Um, but yeah, with, with Brighton, I mean, this is a side that's uh, it's basically struggled for two straight years. Um, mm. You know, they might lose Dunk. That's the sort of uh, still kind of, you know, kind of going around... Um, possibly Leicester after him to replace Maguire. They haven't yeah. added much, to be honest, apart from Webster, as you say, who is a is a good defender. Um, but is he is he going to make a, <laughs> the the huge difference they probably need? And uh, and our buddy Morpé who's, who's gone there, um, yeah. which you know I think he'll be okay. But I don't know if he helps them that much because scoring goals wasn't the problem in a way. Creating goals was the problem. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, they weren't miss. It wasn't that they had bad strikers; it was that they just couldn't create any chances. So, I mean, yeah, new, under a new manager, you probably expect that to improve a little bit. And I'm, I'm sure Morpay will get goals, but I don't know. I, I would be a little bit worried if I was them. I, I, I've, I've put in my notes. I don't think they'll have a nightmare. Oh but, no, no! But I do no, think I we'll think. finish above them. Um, and I, yeah, I, I will pick them for the bottom three. I think. Okay, who have you gone for your second choice then? Uh, let us talk about Newcastle. Yeah, I've gone them. So <laughs> car crash FC at the minute. Um, in the summer, they obviously lost Benitez, who was a very good manager. Uh, Iosi Perez is one of their better forwards, better players all round. Really, <laughs> he's gone, uh, and the players they've signed a bit question marks. Uh, kind of like, why have you joined Newcastle? <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know. I'm. I'm I'm skeptical of why somebody would join Newcastle right now, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, just, just the fact that you know players like Joel Linton, who I don't know <clears> much about, I've never even heard of before this summer. Like, why has he gone there? Is he actually that good? Like, we'll mm. see. I mean, uh, Almiron, Almiron that they signed uh, last season, he is decent. They have the core of like, I, I don't think they're a bad team in a weird way. Like, you know, considering I just picked them to 
finishing the relegation zone. Yeah. I think they're okay, but I think the off-field stuff, uh, including the fact they have Steve Bruce as manager, um, yeah, will we'll tip them over the edge. I mean, they weren't very good last season, even with Benitez no. and, and with some stability. Um, you know, I looked at quite a few uh, kind of expected points tables from last season. Almost all of them had them as the 17th best team. So, mm. you know, the, the narrative is Benitez weren't miracles. Well, he kind of did because they were they were poor, but they still managed to finish in 13th. So you take him away, you replace him with Steve Bruce, I think that could tip them over the edge. And I also wonder if their fans are like, just going to be up in arms at, at Mike Ashley and Bruce being the manager and this kind of thing, and whether that's just going to cripple them as well. Yeah. But one of the things I put in my reasons is because whereas the other relegation threat insides are going to have the fans behind him, you'd, you'd have thought going 1 0 down. I think if Newcastle lose two or three games in a row, the fans are going to go mental. I just don't see how Bruce lasts that season as well. Mm. I, 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 they don't want him there. They're, they're probably not going to have a great season, even if they stay up. I, I just can't see them accepting it. Obviously, they might catch this stuff going on as well. They also lost Rondon, aren't they, as well? Oh, yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, yeah. He, was, uh, he was good for them uh, at the end yeah, of last season. Yeah, he, he, he was really good for them last season. And I just think Newcastle have got to get off to a really good start to, to try and, to, for Steve Bruce to try and turn that negativity about him. And mm. judging like going on their forums... It's quite strange. None of them actually, from what I've seen, actually think they're going to go down. But mm. they're also quite pessimistic and quite... Whereas everyone else is giddy about the new season. You're going to even Brighton Forum, who had, had a poor season. We've got a new manager. You know, this will be... What what could happen next season? Obviously, with us, it's, it was a knowledge it's our first season in Villa. There's a saying, oh, I think it's just going to be a boring 16th play season, mm. which is in contrast with pretty much everyone else down the bottom, which says to me that the fans are not up for this season as much as other the clubs are, then they're not expecting it to be an exciting season, which straight away we know from being in League One that we, you could have a better side than the, the team you play in. But if the fans are, have got this negativity around them, that does definitely get through to the players and affect mm. things. Yeah, And I, I think it's off the field. I've seen a lot of their fans say, off the field, yeah, we're a shambles, but on the field, we're not too bad. I don't know if that, I think the two entwine, especially in, in a situation where, the, you know, it's that toxic at Newcastle at the moment with Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce. Mm, definitely. Uh, only Huddersfield had a lower expected goals last season, um, which is not a good sign. Um, they, yeah. also, they also, I noticed, is they outperformed their expected goals against by almost 15 goals. So they conceded 48 and they should have conceded more like 63 now they haven't really strengthened defensively as best as no. I can tell. So no. you'd think those numbers could be a lot closer this season, and they'll end up conceding more and goals. And they were also being managed by an absolute tactical mastermind in Benitez defensively. They, they beat Man City last season. Yeah, but, I mean, if you were last season, if you were doing like tiers of Premier League managers, I mean, Benitez is probably in that. He's probably in that second tier behind Pep and Klopp and Pochettino, yeah. isn't he? Um, that's, that's and I mean, a lot of their fans thing. cling on to the fact they had a decent record against it. I think did they draw with Liverpool as well? I think they drew with Liverpool. Yeah, two, yeah, yeah, they might have drawn two all at the end of the season. Yeah, that's what I've got in my head that they drew two all with Liverpool, and that's. I think that was more down to the organisation of Benitez. Mm. I just don't think Steve Bruce is in in any way. Neat. I'm not. You know, I think he's an average manager, Steve Bruce. I don't think he's a bad manager, but 
putting him up against Benitez, it, it, I, yeah, I think they're, they're, I can't see how they're going to be better than last season, and they weren't great last season. No, exactly. I think yeah, that's that's my one line summary. They weren't very good last season, uh, and all signs point to them being slightly worse this season. Mm-hmm. So that should push them over the edge. I think. Who is your final relegated team? This is so so tough. There's two of them, and I wish we were doing this tomorrow night at six o'clock when the window had shut, hmm. because I initially put Norwich in. Mm-hmm. purely because they've not really spent anything up until the rumours that have come out. I don't know if you've seen, obviously they've signed, a, oh, forgive me, what's his name from Seville today on loan? I've not seen it. Defensive midfielder. Uh, is it Ibrahim Amadou? Yeah, that's it. And he cost Seville 15 million a couple of seasons back, which suggests he's obviously got something about him. Mm-hmm. And Norwich did need a defensive midfield. That was the one thing that they were they were clinging on to. And, and obviously they've been linked with Maurice, is it, as well? Uh, the, uh, the, the the French guy who were linked with Arsenal. If they can get mm-hmm. him in, that's fantastic signing. That I'm not even sure how they've been linked with him, to be completely honest. So I've got them to go down based on... The, I wrote this yesterday. They've obviously, this, this news about these two came out last night. So what what I did have initially have sort of written down for them is... The defence last season were very shaky, as we know, and they were relying on they are relying on Pookie a lot to mm. replicate a season that he's never had before. It could be a one season wonder. We see that happen quite often. I don't. I mean, obviously, the talk of him signing Jordan Rhodes. I don't think he's really going to pull up any trees in the Premiership. Mm. I don't. I, I think they're asking a lot from last season's team to produce what they did again. Whereas I think Sheffield United. This is a team we've had for what four seasons now. We know the ins and outs. We know what we can rely on them. They might not be good enough for the Premier League, but we know we can rely on them season after season to produce a, a certain amount, you know, performance. I don't know if you can say that by knowledge because the season before they were awful with pretty much the same players. And that's a testament to Farke, obviously, and the coaching staff, how well they improved. Mm. And also, as we said earlier with Sheffield United, is we had those onslaughts against Brentford and Leeds last season where we showed that resilience. Mm. Norwich did it in a different way where... They were winning games 4-3 and 3-2 and scoring the last minute and overcoming adversity in a completely different way, which I don't know if they'll get the chance to do that this year. I don't know if that's fair, but I, I think we've, we have shown under games where we've been under the cost that we can do that. Norwich have so far not experienced that. Sort yeah. of being, you know, penned in as much because they were that good last season, which is, you know, that's not a... That that's certainly not a criticism that they never had to experience that year. But I'd argue that the games against Leeds and Brentford last year sort showed another side to our game that Norwich have yet to show. Yeah, which I guess you could, if you're a you know Norwich believer or a Norwich fan, you could probably say, well, we didn't need to because we just exactly. And I agree with that. Goals. But yeah, no, I think I think it's a legitimate point you're making. I, I, mean, I don't think it's a criticism against them. I don't want that to seem like it's a criticism that they didn't get battered a few games last season. But <laughs> they've also never had to experience that sort of. Is their defense going to be? Can it hold up in the ways that ours did? When we yeah. got battered in a couple of times last season. And, and that was a genuine concern about United, I think, before those games that you mentioned. It was like, Definitely. you know, we, we don't have to play under the cosh because we're so good. You know, we're so good at holding the ball, penning teams in. Um, so there was always this question mark of like, are we, you know, can we withstand games where we take a bit of a battering? And yeah, as it, as it turned out, 
we could and we did. I mean, I think that's an interesting point you made with, um, you know, how long our team has been together. I mean, obviously, we've signed some new players. Um, but, you know, a lot of the core players for Norwich are kind of only broken into the team the last couple of seasons. I mean, uh, yeah. Buki was a new signing last season. Uh, I don't think he's got anything like the goal record anywhere else as he had last season. So, yeah. you know... They were a bit of a flop in Scotland, weren't they, for the, for the most part? Yeah. Um Aaron's, I think, only got in their team uh, after the Caribou Cup first mm, couple of yeah. rounds last season. Um, Buendia as well. He's been around for a couple of years, but I think last season was probably his, his breakout season. So, yeah, yeah I think I think that's a legitimate uh, question whether... I think all of those will be good players, but it's whether they, yeah, are going to be And that's the thing, they're a young side as well, Norwich, and mm. obviously, how are they going to cope with having three or four defeats in a row? The, I imagine the majority of that team as certainly the younger players have not experienced that before and as you, you could probably say with the way I'm speaking that I'm certainly not sold on that Norwich going down I, mm. I think it's maybe an easy choice that I've made but I think there are things there there are sort of holes in that team that 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 could be brought to the surface yeah I, I mean I have them as well um as one of my, oh, as God, my I'm glad, other, glad you've gone for them because I was <laughs> yeah as, as my other bottom three team um they they did outperform their XG last season. Um, most uh, tables I saw had them as actually the third best team in the league behind uh, behind us and Leeds. Mm. Um, outscored their XG by sixteen goals, which is is a lot. I mean, a lot of that's down to how good uh, how good a finisher Pookie was. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a question mark: Can he sustain that? You know. Can he outperform their chances next season? You know, you think of the uh, certainly the second goal he scored against us um, at Carrow Road. I mean, that just a flick out of nowhere into the yeah. corner. Of the net. Were, like, I, I, can't, I still can't work out if it were a brilliant goal or just a fluke. Well, exactly, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know those kinds of things. You know, is that brilliant finishing that he's going to be able to sustain in the Premier League? Um, you know, they've been very conservative with their transfers up to this point. I mean, as you say, that may change the next day or so. Um, and yeah, they had a they had a very good attack. Their defense, their defense wasn't actually as bad as uh, as we may have thought. I guess. I think I mean, in the second half of the season, it did improve, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's easy to look at the goals conceded. You obviously should look at the goals conceded, but <laughs> their uh, their xga was quite a bit under that. So they basically conceded more than they should have done. I mean, that could have been down to poor goalkeeping, and that is one area they have actually addressed. They brought in. Uh, a new keeper on loan so you know mm. maybe that'll help maybe they were a bit unlucky or or maybe they didn't close down well as I was saying um that we did a couple of yeah. uh, a couple of years ago um they were defensively the middle of the pack for shots face per game uh sorry shots face per goals conceded as were Aston Villa whereas mm. we were absolutely streets ahead of both of those in that you know it, it took loads of shots to score against us essentially yeah. as I was saying earlier so I'd put them in that that danger zone defensively. Um, I think it will and that's be the main reason. I don't. I, there's been a lot of criticism for them about the lack of signings and things. It's not really that for me. I just. I don't know if that defense. I don't think they've been tested enough mm. in in the ways that in the way that ours have, and obviously even Brighton and Newcastle have in recent seasons to withstand that the sort of pressure that they are going to come under in in a lot of games. Indeed. Yeah, I would say very good attack in the championship. It was the joint best XG uh, in the whole league. Uh, bit question marks defensively. They haven't upgraded much at all, to be honest. They've, you know, they've, they're committed to kind of uh, extending the contracts of the young players that they've got. And uh, yeah, that may go well for them. But um, 
I would be a little bit concerned. You, you never know with young players as well, obviously. I mean, they look fantastic. You know, the, the likes of Aaron's and, and uh, the, oh, what's the, the tribal, is it? Uh, tribal, yeah. Yeah. Wendy as well. Yeah, they look really good players, but you can never tell with young players. Who knows what's going to happen the next season? We, we've seen it itself with some of our young players. So it was Sessegnon but, for Fulham last year as well. I, I mean, I think they, I think they almost set his career back a couple of years the way they were using him. But yeah, 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 exactly. And everyone expected him to take it by storm, didn't they? And mm. and obviously that didn't happen. And we see it, and we we do see it, and and a couple of bad games. For a young player, they've never sort of you know it, it affects them. I remember even Phil Jagielka the second season; he broke through, mm. had a, a, a really hit and miss season the year after. And obviously, he went on to become a fantastic player. But that second season is probably the most difficult of any young player. Yeah, interested to see. So we've actually gone for the three. We we picked these independently, but we've gone yeah, no- Norwich, Newcastle, and Brighton in no particular order. So there you go. We've stuck our necks out. Um, Let's quickly just hit, uh, and I call this category, other teams in trouble. Um, so let's quickly hit a few of these then. Who do you think falls into this category? So this is other teams that we are not picking to get relegated, but think will definitely be in that kind of bottom third, teams that we should be aiming to finish above. Well, I think if you'd have asked me this tomorrow, I might have had these to go to go down, and it's uh, Crystal Palace. I don't know if you've seen their pre-season results. I don't know if you, you can read too much into them either. But... I, I saw that they got walloped by Barnet the same night yeah, we were losing to Burton. Yeah, they lost to Hertha Berlin for some, some absolutely mental score lines in their pre-season. They, they hammered Bristol City in fairness to them as well, 5-0. So <laughs> it, yeah, they were a bit all over the place. What worries me about Palace is, again, looking on their forum, a lot of them actually tipping themselves to go down, which is never a good sign, I don't think. Mm. Uh, they, they actually don't think a lot of them don't think Hodgson's going to last the season uh, one of them like, there's a quote here that I wrote down it looks very bleak for Crystal Palace this season uh, the last few weeks have been really hard to stomach I'm afraid we're going to be flirting with relegation yet again and, and if we lose Wolf or Andros we are sunk we are going down and that's not a one-off comment you know there's, a, there's another one here uh, we're sadly going to get relegated you get what you deserve and the way things are shaping up I can't see any positives and when you see a fan base going into a season like that, it often doesn't turn out well. No, and uh, yeah, literally just before we started recording, actually, uh, Zahar's handed in a transfer request. So mm. <clears throat> obviously trying to force a move somewhere. It sounds like Everton are the um, uh, the main the main destination there. I think they um, could, as, as I said, if this happened tomorrow, if we did this podcast at the same time tomorrow and Zahar had gone, I'd pos- possibly put them in above Norwich. Um, the, their average age were really old as well, a 35-year-old average age. The home record was appalling last year, and you wonder how can you replicate last... A lot of their fans are wondering whether they can replicate last season's away form and, and think it's highly doubtful. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they won at Man City, they won at Liverpool, mm-hmm. uh, they may have won at Spurs as well, I think. I think they did, yeah, and I think that kept them up, basically, or kept them out of danger at least yeah um they haven't really strengthened to be honest i mean no. they signed uh au from swansea who i don't think i don't even think their own fans are, are high on him to be honest from what i've seen on, on Twitter. not at all no i think out of the, the the players swansea have left it lost this season i think he would uh, very much fourth behind for mcburney and uh james yeah uh gary cahill signed for them the other day mm, i think he's okay but yeah, yeah. Not, it's not a Jack Elka style signing, isn't it? It's not, you know, it, it, if you if your defence is leaking that much, if we needed a central central defender, and we brought Jack Elka and his 
you know, he's the man who's going to keep us up. I, I would have been worried myself. So, yeah, a little bit. I'm just looking now. He's he's uh, 33 KL. He played two Premier League games last season. So, mm. you know, I, I think he's. Well, I think he'll be fine, but I think he is also. He's played 29 Premier League matches the last couple of years. I think, yeah, he's, he's, he's entering the twilight of his career, I'd say. Um, losing they, don't one... a, they don't have a right-back as well. Obviously, they lost Wan Bissaka. And yeah. uh, judging by what their fans are saying, they don't have a right-back that they would class anywhere near ready for Premier League level. I think they, their squad is bulked out by youth players at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Wan Bissaka was an absolute machine defensively last season. I know the. You know, people give it a bit of hammer to the amount of money Manu have, have paid for him, and all right, it's, it is a lot of money. But it, yeah, he was he was an absolute rock. I think he led, led the league in uh, tackles and interceptions last season. Which, yeah, I mean, it, to be honest, if you watched him, you can see why. You know, very athletic, yeah. decent on the ball, just a really really good defender. Definitely going to be hard to replace for any team. And then, yeah, talking of which, if they lose Zahar, I mean, wow, I mean, obviously wow. they've only got twenty four hours to replace. But they seem to think they need That's three the or four thing. players in. And yeah. they've got 24 hours to do it. Uh, you, it's unlikely. If they get, I mean, in a uh, in a vacuum, I suppose, um, 70 million for Zahar is phenomenal business. There's no way it's worth that. However, yeah. if you think that selling Zahar means you're going to get relegated, he's definitely worth 70 million because <laughs> there's basically the cost of relegation. So, yeah, I think uh, if they sold him for that much a month ago and then had you know time to bring in three quality replacements or. Yeah. You know, bolster the squad elsewhere, then they're in good business. But if they sell him now, and you know, there's no guarantee that they will, because you know these things sometimes fall apart. But yeah, if they sell him now, I agree. I agree. I think if we're doing this in 24 hours and he's gone, he probably switches with certainly with Brighton for me, and possibly mm. with Norwich as well. So I was yeah. really, really took aback just going on their board because even you, you, I went on the Newcastle forums and you think they're going to be downbeat, and they were, but they didn't think they were going to go down. Palace really. It were a genuine worry from their supporters, which made me sort of think, have I put Palace, should I be putting Palace in this relegation? And then obviously the news just before we've started recording about Zahar's coming, and yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for him. Good, good. Yeah, more the better. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I hope Zahar does go. So yeah, more, people, more teams in there, the better. <laughs> yeah, nothing against Crystal Palace, even though they beat us in a player final and we also failed to get promoted there. But uh, yeah, other, other teams being significantly weakened is good for us. Um, <laughs> I Another team that I rate more lowly than uh, certainly their own fans do, from what I've seen, and, and a few other people, Aston Villa. So yeah, yeah I think they'll... them as well, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're going down, uh, but I think they'll definitely be in this kind of team in trouble kind of range. Uh, I'm not sure how good a manager Dean Smith is. I think it's very under underplayed how important Jack Grealish is to that team. Yeah, uh, you know they were they were an absolute mess until Grealish got back in the team after um, after they drew three all with us. This um, is what I've written down myself. People, the, the lot of me, I, I find from going on their forum that Villa fans are probably not quite as confident as the media are of Villa's champions, who seem to think they're going to be this, you know, breakout team. They were awful for the majority of last season, mm-hmm. Villa. And, and, not, and when Smith had took over as well, they were still bad for a couple of months. Yeah, I remember when I think there was. A, I remember Sheffield Wednesday fans posting stuff because when the, I think he took over, obviously as Bruce left, and he'd actually taken him down from where Bruce had left him at one stage. I think they were like mm. in fourteen, fifteen, or something like that. And they went on this amazing run. And you look at the team, and they've got some great players, obviously on paper. But at the same time, that team 
still be flattered to deceive the season before in many ways. Obviously, I know they got to the playoff final, but they were never great. No. Was, I certainly don't think they were, they were any better than us and Norwich were, you know, the, the season after. Mm. And that is, they've still got the, although they've signed these a lot of players, the bulk of their team is still the team that struggled for the majority of last season, who just went on a, on a fantastic run once Grealish got back. Yeah. And I think there are question marks as to how good their new signings will be. I mean, uh, we'll we'll come on to uh, we have a separate category for whether will Villa do a Fulham, um, but yeah. I, they needed to sign they need to replace all these players that they have either let you know had to let go at the end of the contracts or they had in on loan like Tammy Abraham. I mean they you know they spent twenty five million to basically bring back Tyro Mings because he did so well for them. Mm. Um, but I yes yeah, so I don't think Smith is that good. Uh, I don't know how good their new signings are. But, you know, they, they've kept the core of last season's defence. Um, they've still got that core of Grealish, McGinn and, uh, and Hurahan as well. Mm. That's a good sign. Um, the main three for me. Forget all yeah. the signings. I think, you know, that midfield three is, is the reason I think they will stay up all, and they'll not be in serious danger. I'm interested to see how Grealish does because I think he is like... I, I think he should be playing for a team like Spurs or... He seems, yeah. At times last season, you just you did think, why why is he still in this league? Really? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think he'd be playing for England within like six yeah. or seven months. I, 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 mean, I, I, I was a bit disappointed that they didn't take him actually to the uh, the tournament. The Nations League. That's the Nations yep. League. Yeah, I, I would have liked to see him actually. Absolutely agree. Um, but yeah, I, I think I won't be stunned to see them in the bottom three. But I I think they've got a good shot of staying up. Um, hmm. The other thing to say is. I don't see why they won't spend again in that's, January. That's it. That's the main reason I think they will. The my big reason why they will be okay is because if things are going wrong, they will throw another hundred million at it. Hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean that obviously doesn't always work, but they're they're going to give themselves the best chance to get out of that. Yeah, I think it, I think it helps even if it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Um, sorry, that made no sense whatsoever. I, th- I think it, <laughs> I think I think it's more likely to help than and it's yeah than it is to hurt. There but it's going to harm. Yeah, I didn't know what you mean. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, I've got one more team in trouble. Uh, how about you? I've, yeah, I've got Southampton. Oh, interesting. I, I think Southampton will be all right, but go on, give me give me the case. They, they, they finished last season brilliantly, and I think that manager proved himself to be... I'd, I, the thing with Southampton is they were so appalling at the start of last season. Mm. I don't know if that's just whether Mark Hughes is just... And this could well be the case, is just that poor of a manager... Okay. I because think it is the they, they case. improved to to such a degree, obviously, when uh, Ralph again Hassan Hootel, I believe. Uh, Hassan Hootel, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll let you say that from now. I'll call him Ralph. King <laughs> uh, Ralph. Yeah, right. When Ralph came in last season, um, they, they obviously improved massively. Looking on their forums as well, they are still really concerned about their defence. They are playing three at the back, which is not what the manager wants to play purely to sort of cover for the inadequacies. Of their own defenders, so there is that. I, I think they'll be fine. Don't get me wrong. And most of their fans think they'll be mid-table. Yeah. But if their defense starts leaking goals, you wonder if they go on a bad run. You know, once teams go on that sort of that sort of a of a streaky run, for instance, that it's hard to get out of. I do think last season they're only down there because Mark Hughes is appalling. But I think he is as well. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I think they'll be all right. I, I don't have them in a in a danger zone team, but then there's probably not too much difference between these teams and and them. To be honest, they signed yeah. uh, Ings for twenty million. Uh, it did okay for him on that. Yeah, Danny Ings is still twenty six. That's wow. I, I'm just gonna double check that. <laughs> yeah, that. Second I would have said about source required. 
Uh, he's 27, sorry, as of uh, a few weeks ago. But why am I on... That's weird. Sorry, I just randomly ended up on uh, the Wikipedia page of Winchester. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's where he's from. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so the age of Winchester. It's a lot older than 27. Um, che Adams as well. I think he's, uh, he's, he's tailor-made for the Premier League. I think he'll be be a very good signing for them so yeah i think they'll be all right the other team i've got in this in this kind of danger zone is burnley yeah yeah that you have to yeah yeah i don't think they'll go down but um last season they stayed up by six points they've made some pretty uninspiring signings i mean eric peters from stoke is kind of like Mm -hmm. a nothing fullback jay rodriguez i know a few united fans are quite quite into him but no, I no I'm not I'm really glad we didn't sign him actually yeah I think he's an I think he's an okay championship striker like as in probably maybe good is a better way of describing it I don't think he did really do anything last season against us um I, I don't you think I don't even know if he played in the first game actually did he I can't remember anyway but yeah yeah well actually maybe an okay championship striker is probably pushing it a bit, but you know, I don't, I don't think he's very good. No, um, he's a, a good Burnley signing, maybe, but you know, they've got a, a good manager in uh, in Deitch. They, they know what they're doing. They're they're very solid. I think, to be honest, I think they stayed up by six points last season. They'll probably stay mm-hmm. up by six points again this season. Yeah, yeah. I think whatever they've got, Deitch, they'll be okay. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I just like to say, I've just got a message here, by the way. Our squad numbers are being released. Oh yeah, uh, no Duffy. Oh, I know in the twenty. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, and here I was hoping he would uh, (laughs) stay stay on. Team Brian's got a number. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me how involved he's been. Not not really many surprises there. To be fair, people will be delighted to see John Lundstrom's got number seven again. (laughs) (laughs) God's sake, we can talk about Lundstrom in a bit. Actually, Um, (laughs) all right, let's uh, let's let's pick this up a bit because we spent almost an hour just talking about. Sorry, yeah, yeah, go. No, no, it's uh, it's good. It's good chat. I've not, um, I've not, you know, I don't think this gets as much uh, attention perhaps as uh, as it deserves. That kind of uh, who's in the in the race to stay up. Yeah. Um, Give me a surprise team. So could be surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. I don't know if this is a surprise, really, but Watford fans are incredibly downbeat. They Ooh. think they're going to be in a relegation strap this year, which I don't. I, but I think that is a you surprise. Go on, you go on their forum. They really, really they say they've got a, a really they had the the oldest first eleven last year. Hmm. Um, and they, they've not really invested much. Uh, they've not really spent much uh, this this season. They say if they don't go down this year, that's where they're heading. It was really unbelievable, like just reading how low their fans were. That's interesting. I yeah, I've 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 not really seen that myself. Like, but yeah, I'm just looking now. I mean, Craig Dawson, uh, a, a Brazilian centre forward for two mm. million from uh, Fluminense, who I've never yeah. heard of. They just signed Danny Welbeck today. I mean, yeah, they did sign Danny just, Welbeck. Yeah. Oh god, this can't be right. How old do you reckon Danny Welbeck is? 31. He's 28. Oh, wow. <laughs> How it's the hell is he 28? He's been not seen for ages, hasn't he? <laughs> I thought he was like 33 or something. That's shocking. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, he actually brings their average age down then. Um, yeah, but obviously with his injuries and stuff, he's not someone you can rely on, I want to thought, week in, week out. Not hugely. Uh, I did notice this earlier. Their expected goals against last season was worse than all but two teams. They, very, they also say that they've not got much fighting spirit. They say they, they've been really hit hard by the FA Cup final. 
uh, where they got obviously I'm already six 0 in the end. I think so, uh, yeah. And they really to not I won't say they turned against the players, but they said they showed such a lack of fight, which I disagree. With. I thought City would just far better than them. I think they can do that to anyone on the day, City. Yeah, but absolutely. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're really low mood. Because so, I, I was looking around at clubs who maybe could struggle we're not thought of, and everyone seems pretty optimistic, Bournemouth optimistic, Leicester optimistic. Watford fans really, yeah, they, they, they think they're going to be in a bit of a scrap this year. Hmm. Who did you go for yourself? So I, I don't know if this is actually that much of a surprise. It seems to be more of a, a, a hipster pick than um, uh, than I thought it would be, but... Leicester. I'm, I'm going to predict that Leicester finish in the top six. There you go. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would. That was my second choice. To be fair, of, and the same as you. I don't know how much of a surprise it is anymore. But I suppose if you're finishing above Man United when you've just sold, you know, Harry Maguire to eighty million to him, that will be a, a massive achievement. Yeah, I mean they are the so they are the seventh bookies bookies favourites to finish in the top six. They are the seventh uh, ranked team, if you like, and get the seventh best odds on them. So. Obviously, uh, it's it's kind of widely accepted that they are the next best team in that thing. But yeah, I, I can see them breaking in because I think Manu are going to have a poor season. Mm. As I said, I think Arsenal's floor is is pretty low, and they could have a poor season. I don't think Emery will be their manager um, in twelve months at all. Yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, Leicester. I don't really like Brendan Rodgers, but um, he really turned him around last season. I mean, I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna cite this from from stats bomb from the season preview. So. Uh, in the 10 matches after Rodgers took over, Leicester ranked 4th in the league in open play XG, 7th in wow. shots, and 5th in clear shots generated. So that's a shot where there's only the goalkeeper between the shots taker and the yeah. goal. So basically, they massively improved their attacking output, which is was not hugely hard because Puel was a bit of a mess for him, I think. Yeah. But, you know, Rodgers actually lifted them into that top 4, top 6 kind of attacking output. Um, they have a lot of young players. I like Madison a lot. I think you know players like him will, will take a step forward. Vardy doesn't show any sign of slowing down. Mm. Um, you know if they if they can use that Maguire money in the next twenty four hours to bring in a few. Do you more. think they'll miss Maguire that much? Mm, no, I don't really. think they will. I mean, I, I think he's a good player, Maguire. I don't think he's worth anywhere near eight million, but. I I think they could get someone in who could pretty much do that job that Maguire did for him. I agree. Yeah. So they what were they considered forty eight goals last season, which is yeah. kind of middle of the pack. You know, something like Maguire was single handedly keeping them to clean sheets or anything. Um, Tielemans is an excellent player. I'm really surprised yeah. they've been able to bring him back in. Um, in fact, they got him for hardly oh, did they? How much did they spend on him? They were cheap. Cause I remember seeing it and thinking, wow. Yeah. So let's see how I bring that up because. As an undisclosed fee, come on. I, I think, yeah, I, I, believed I, to be forty million. There we go. Forty. Yeah. Uh, it says here, I think. All oh, right, I thought it was much cheaper than that. I must have the missed... old, the old grony ad, unless that's something else. Fee believed to be in the region of forty million. All oh, yeah. right, fair enough. I thought we were about ten, to be honest. But twenty-two-year-old Belgian international, though, uh, mm. who you know looked the business for him last season. So, I know he was in Liverpool, weren't he? Um, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't go really. But I, I, I think that'll be one of those that. Um, yeah, in in six months, teams like yeah, like Spurs, like Everton, Arsenal, be like, why the hell didn't we sign him? Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's my pick, Leicester to make the top six. Um, all right, first manager sacked. I reckon we'll agree here, but go on. Spurs, I don't think we will. Have you gone, have you gone for Bruce? I have gone for Bruce. I think that's the obvious one, but I it think is. Ashley is that stubborn. <laughs> that I've gone a little bit out of the box, and you talked about it earlier, which I'm glad you did. And I've gone for Dean Smith. Okay, go on then. I just think they spent that much money that if they got to a, a poor start, which is not 
you know, unforeseeable, that they're not going to wait around for, you know, Dean Smith to get it right. I don't think that... I don't think they will. I don't. I, I, this is a weird one. This. I just think if Villa struggle, he's gone. I think that. I. I just don't think they'll keep him. You can get a quite large twenty-five to one. On, uh, uh, oh, I've got him in sixteens. Yeah. He. There is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I think eight, Wilder's nine. Wilder is twice as likely to be the first manager to leave his post. I think that is the technical term for this it's not necessarily sacked which i guess nobody gets sacked anymore no. do they in football it's always uh, mutual consent or whatever it is yeah I that's, suppose that... villa fans listening to this will be the same as it could be the same as like if two people are talking about chris wilder being fired from their point of view but mm. i just think there's more to lose for not more to lose as such but there's the, their expectations are understandably higher i would think that is a very good point yeah i think i could almost see I mean, maybe I'm wrong. This is a bad take, but I could almost see you know Villa fans being a bit disappointed if they're like scrapping around the relegation zone after like mm-hmm. 15 games, something like that. Yeah. Do you know what is interesting? Because I looked at this the other day um, on Odds Checker. There is no listing for Steve Bruce to be the next manager to leave his post. So, so the, I don't know if that just means they're not taking bets yeah, on it. Yeah, they're not taking bets on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, so the, the favourite is Solskjaer, which. Um, I think they'll also be too stubborn to uh, get rid of. Yeah, Hodgson's, same, yeah. Hodgson's second favourite. Hodgson's a massive Potter. shout. Yeah, Hodgson and Potter. You could kind of see if you know Potter has a bad start, then maybe they uh, you know get a bit twitchy. Uh, there's no way Fark's leaving uh, no. leaving Norwich. Fark and Wilder as third, fourth, and fifth favourites is ridiculous. Not so, really. uh, your buddy uh, Gracia at Watford actually sixteen to one. That could happen, yeah. That would be surprised at that neither, yeah, if they got to a bad start. They sack a manager every year, don't they? So <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Alright. Uh so next one. Will Villa do a Fulham, yes or no? No. Not for me. I'm also a no. Uh do you wanna give a quick what reason on that? <laughs> <laughs> do you wanna give a quick explanation just, why you think the that's majority good? of the players are good signings, to to be mm. fair, what they've what they've brought in. I don't know much about Wesley or um Marvelous Nambaka, but uh, the, the Mings and I think they're quite safe signings. And, and as I said earlier, that midfield three of McGinn, Hurahan, and Grealish, I think that will mean even if they're struggling, I certainly don't think they were doing a Fulham, and I don't think they have done a Fulham. I think they've bought yeah. fairly sensibly, really. They just they just for me spent way over the odds. Yeah, I think I think people lose sight of uh, what doing a full. It's funny this term has just entered the football lexicon. Yeah. It's, it's like it's been around for fifteen years. Or so, <laughs> but I think people lose sight of what doing a full match it was, which was basically they splurged massively really late in the window. They broke up their extremely effective team and like shunted players into new positions and stuff. Um, whereas Villa, by contrast, had to sign a load of players because, as I mentioned, loads were leaving already on loan. Uh, they've done it pretty early. I mean, they were signing Jota pretty much before the season had finished, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of them are players that, uh, or a couple of them, sorry, are players that um, Smith knows has worked with before. Obviously, Mings worked with last season. As you say, they kept that that core as well. So I think a definite no in terms of like that. If they're bad, it's not going to be because they've spent loads of money. I don't like think. That. I think the signings they made are decent. I just think this paid over the odds for them. But if it keeps yeah. them up, who cares? Yeah, I think that's. I think that's a very fair way of putting it. Yeah, it's like uh, wow, they spent a lot. I think it's. I think they're like the second biggest net spend so far in the Premier yeah. League, like 140 yeah. million or something. But I think they've overpaid for some of them. But I, I still think they're fundamentally quite decent signings. Um, 
I guess, I mean, I'm sure we're both going to say the same things here, but I had to, had to lob it in anyway. Will anyone do a derby this season? No, I think you'll need, like I said, I think you'll need more than 36 points this season that Brighton got last season to stay up because I don't mm. think anyone's going to be as bad as Huddersfield or Fulham. Well, this is it. Huddersfield were abysmal and they still got uh, 16 points. And Derby, mm. of course, got 11 points in the season we're talking about. They won one single game that year. It's... Mad in it, yeah. It's astonishing to me that that even that that happened at all. Do you know and, the uh, first team to be after they went down? Uh, it was us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, it was it was their first win for like almost a year or something. Yeah, I think it would bang on a year, pretty much like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, but yeah. scored against us. So. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, no, nobody's going to do it. Do a derby. In fact, I, I will say that nobody will do a derby in my lifetime. To be honest, unless uh, unless there's a points deduction factor. Yeah, in. <laughs> yeah, I can't see it. That, that's incredible. One win, isn't it? Really, <laughs> it really is. Right. Uh, some blades-related predictions now. Which of our signings will have the biggest impact? Go I've gone Callum Robinson. I have as well, which is yeah. possibly a bit of a boring pick. And I wonder if we're overrating his preseason. I hope, but... not. I hope not, because I'm proper excited about him. <laughs> I am as well. I mean, I could see him. You know, I could see him getting like a combined 15 goals and assists, that kind of thing. You know, 10 goals, five assists, 12 goals, three assists, something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's that's going to put him. That's going to. That is probably going to be our top scorer and most creative player. So I think he's yeah. got everything to succeed at the top level. Uh, I really do. I think. If he can keep clear of injuries, I don't see why he can't get at least, like as you said, nine or ten, eight or nine goals or whatever. Yeah, and I don't think he has like an, a history of injuries particularly. I know he had a bad one last season, but it's mm. not like he's uh, constantly picking up injuries. No, I don't, no, I don't think, yeah. I cool. Uh, all right, so slightly different. Predict our player of the season winner. Um, so I, th- I think it could be Dean Henderson because... You know, if we're down the bottom of the league, you know he'll be he'll be very busy. He'll be making yeah. a lot of saves. He'll hopefully, be winning us plenty of points. Everybody loves him anyway. Um, but I, I will I will stick my neck out and say Callum Robinson because I, th- I think not only will he do really well, I think people will love him. You know, he's yeah. I think they'll love watching him the way we loved McGoldrick last season, and hopefully, we'll love him this season as well. Um, it just I, looks I, I like he enjoys himself. Connell, actually. Oh. All right, one, one second, let me just finish my Callum sorry, Robinson sorry, point. I you, sorry, No, no, no. <laughs> sorry. Well, just, just one final thing. I think people just love his attitude. I mean, we talked about it before. You know, he looks like he enjoys being a footballer. And if you see him on these, like, social media clips that are getting posted by United, you know, he's, like, laughing and joking with, you know, McBurney and everyone else. And he just looks like a... Just I don't like know. He's where he's mates to play football. Exactly that. And I think that will go down very well at Bramall Lane. So, lobbing 10 goals or something like that and... Uh, yeah, I think he'll be our player of the season winner. Jack O'Connell, talk to me. Yeah, Jack, I just think the last year we went into the Premier League, Phil Jagielka got player of the season because of how good he was. I think Jack O'Connell, out of all the players we've got, is the one who I'm more com- most confident about stepping up to that next level. And I think, as you said, we will be under the cosh. And we saw his performance against Brentford, which were just incredible. And I think we'll pro- possibly be seeing a lot of those sort of performances. So that's why I've gone for O'Connell. I like it. I, I think that makes sense as well. I think, yeah, he's... We sort of consistently talk about him as probably our most valuable player mm-hmm. in terms of, like, pound value. And, yeah, I think that'll be... I think he's very, very important to us, yeah. um, which is a real shame that he's signing for Leicester, or whatever it was. No, he's not signing for Leicester. No. <laughs> that was, I, think, I think it was you I sent this to, wasn't it? We've gone from O'Connell has a knock to O'Connell yeah. has a serious injury to O'Connell is joining Leicester to replace Maguire in... 
in the space of like ten minutes, two, I think. Yeah. ten minutes of Blades <laughs> to Air. Anyway, it's going nowhere. So settle down, everybody. Um, all right, a, a slightly uh, gambling terminology rated one. Um, Billy Sharp over or under nine and a half goals in the Premier League. So essentially, will he score less than ten goals, or will he score ten or more goals? What do you think? I've gone less than ten, but that's not a slight on him. I just yeah. don't think he's going to play. I think he, I think if Billy Sharp plays twenty odd games this season, then he'll, he'll probably be happy with that. I, yeah. To ask him to score one in two in the Premier League, if he gets that amount of options, then you know, uh, get that amount of chances, sort of say. I think that's asking a lot. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm the same, and yeah, it's, it's not a slight. I think he just, I just think he won't play as much. Yeah. As simple as that. I mean, I'd. I mean, what do you think? Like, if, if he makes 20 starts out of 38, I think that's probably quite... Uh, I wouldn't bet on that. I wouldn't bet on him making 20 starts with, no. you know, with McBurney, with Robinson, with Musso, with McGoldrick coming in. You know, maybe there'll be games where we, you know, play two number 10s and, you know, just have one up front, in which case it's probably McBurney that's that, yeah, that one. Yeah, it's not going to be sharp in that tactic. Yeah, because he's the number nine. So, yeah, I, I don't know where... I don't know where I'd set that line to make me pick over if you like it's probably more like six or seven maybe that kind of thing but yeah i'll I'll definitely go i'll definitely go under 10 um in a similar vein how many clean sheets do you think we will keep uh and again over or under nine and a half so less than 10 or 10 or more clean sheets this is so difficult les i've gone less than 10 but i think there'll be a a lot of back or a few back to the wall one nils but I think ten in the Premier League is a is, is a big big ask. I think I, I think the games we win. I think there'll be like I said. I think there will be a few one nilers. But I also can see because the way we play, and we'll go for it. I think we'll probably concede and maybe score two or three as well. So hmm. what have you gone for for this one? I I'm going to go over. I'll say we'll keep ten or more. Uh, so last season, uh, ten teams kept ten or more clean sheets, and there's some surprising names. Do you want to? I'll give you the big, so the big four. So Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah here we go. So I'll give you the obvious ones: Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea, Everton, Spurs, and Leicester. Can yeah. You name any of the other ones? Watford. Nope. Watford were terrible. Seven really? Oh, that's poor, poor guess. Um, West Ham. Uh, no, also terrible. Wow. They were, but well, the thing is, I think you're thinking about it the wrong way. They were. Oh, is it was it Brighton? Uh, they were just outside. Um, basically, teams that were not very good last season. Yeah, Palace, tw- <laughs> Palace, twelve yeah. clean sheets. Newcastle, eleven clean sheets. Bournemouth, yeah, Bournemouth, who, as you said, conceded seventy goals, ten clean sheets. So they basically conceded 70 goals in 28 games, which is quite impressive. That's insane, uh, yeah. Cardiff, 10 clean sheets. So that's more than Arsenal. Yeah. Um, I'm going over. I think best yeah, defence well, in yeah. the Champions To be honest, I didn't look into that one. I, I just, thought, you know, just thought off the top of my head, like... It sounds you know. a lot, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it does, It just yeah. sound a lot, but uh, we've got a good goalkeeper. Our defence is excellent. Uh, we defend well, as well as having good defenders. Um, yeah, and I, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm high on our chances this season. I think we'll stay up, and I think yeah, we'll keep keep ten or more clean sheets. I'm, I'm good with that one. Um, will Chris Basham score a Premier League goal? Yes or no? He's got to. He's got to. The fairy yeah, tale has to have a happy ending. <laughs> I, I initially was, I was like, no, I don't think he will, because I think there's still an outside chance we sign someone uh, in the next day or so, maybe on loan to 
replace him, I guess. But yeah. nah, come on, you know he's getting a goal. Whether he it's, scored before you know... in the Premier League, you know. Has he? Yeah. I, know, I, I presume it was for Bolton. Yeah, when he, uh, I saw the heard the interview yesterday with him on Five Live, and he was talking about like he 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 won scored before in the Premier League. So ah, okay, he's had yeah, a goal scorer, I think, then in Premier League history, isn't he? Like in terms of the team, <laughs> the whole squad. Oh no, Moussa, Moussa. Oh, of course, Fif- yeah. Fifty-eight games, three goals. I yeah, mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna go yes as well. Sentiment can rule sensibility there. Um, will we get more points? than the last time we were in the Premier League, which was 38. So, yes or no? More points than 38? Yep, because I think we'll be just as strong at home and I think we'll be much better away. Yep, I agree. Uh, I don't think it'll be... I don't think it will be by much, but I do think that we will get more than 38. Uh, 39 points would have been good for, good enough for yeah. 16th last season. Um, I think anyway. if we if we can, if we can match the home record that we got last time, we'll stay up this year. Because I think we'll win more than three away games. Or we'll score more than, was it nine goals away from home? Oh, my Lord. Something. I don't want to think about it. It was, yeah. it was hardly any. I was there for at least the third of them, I think. <laughs> and, I, and I only went to about four away games all season. So, yeah, yeah agree on that one. Um, all right, this is a fun one. Uh, or at least I thought it was fun. Um, both Sheffield clubs to combine for 100 points, yes or no? Uh, so for context, the Pigs got 64 points last season. So do you think that combined the two Sheffield clubs will get 100 points? I do because I think, as I said, I think we'll get more than 38 and I think they'll finish pretty much where they finished last season, which will be 64. Yeah. So I think I think it will be. That's what, what I've gone for as well, yeah. I think they'll be right around the same sort of 60, 64 points again. And uh, I think we will at least get close to 40. So, yeah, I think we'll go over 100. Do you, do you want to have a guess at uh, a number that we can look back on at the uh, end of the season? Good. Hang on, give me two seconds. Let me just try and add, add this up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me have a look. So, he's 64. I'll, I'm going to say... I'll say 104. Okay. I will go... Yeah, 60... I'll go a hundred and I'll go a hundred and nine. Let's let's be optimistic. Right. Much more, yeah, confident on on both fronts there. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, last last prediction for the Premier League season. VAR end of the season. Will we love it or will we hate it? Being Sheffield United, hate it. I reckon. I've I've just got this horrible dream of not a dream, a nightmare of <laughs> going down on the last day of the season with a Billy Sharp goal that we should you know was like a, a millimeter offside. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I suppose. I, I think, uh, and I said this uh, back after the Nations League, I think, um, I said that in six months from then we'll probably be used to it and yeah. won't really care about it too much, I think. Uh, so maybe love is a bit strong, but I think we'll be fine with it. So I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, I would recommend people listen to the uh, TIFO football podcast that came out yesterday. I listened to that last um, night, by the way. Yeah, It's, it's really interesting, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah. Which is... Yeah, it's specifically about how the Premier League is going to use VAR. So obviously, all the kind of um, implementation of it is the same, but they're trying to... I think their focus is more on uh, correcting mistakes than re-refereeing the game. So if you watched some of the the scenes at the Women's World Cup or indeed the Nations League, then that was kind of just VAR carnage, to be honest. Farnage, I suppose. Mm. <laughs> um, I like it. It's just an easy, terrible headline there. Um, <laughs> but it sounds like they definitely don't want that to happen, the Premier League. So whether that actually takes place, whether the officials kind of follow those guidelines remains to be seen. But yeah, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be all right. I think 
I think the guys on that podcast, the TFO podcast, basically said um, we'll still be angry about things, but we will be angry about different things. So yeah, yeah. That seems like seems like a fair summary. Yeah. All right, there we go. There are there is Premier League preview bumper edition, um, <laughs> and, and we're not quite finished because yeah, football football is about to happen. Uh, obviously, kicked off already with the EFL, but the Blades in action at Bournemouth on Saturday. Um, so yeah, let's let's give some quick thoughts on on how we think this this is gonna go. I mean, I suppose the the main place to start is uh, I'm a bit worried that we start the season slowly every single mm-hmm. year, and um, you know you'd have to look at the first three games, maybe two of the first three games or three of the first four games, and think there's a good chance to get some wins on the board because it's not a horrific start. Um, yeah, how, what what's your thoughts on how you expect it to go? I'm re- yeah, I always, obviously because of the starts we've had and because the points, I think in a way, I was talking to a friend yesterday and he said in a way it might have been better if we'd have started off with Arsenal and Liverpool first to sort of, yeah. you know, get those. I think Bournemouth are that sort of team where you can't expect something, but they are one of the teams you think, oh yeah, that you know, we could get one, you know, could get a point there. It's a big mm. game really quickly. And I think I've, I personally agree that what my mate was saying about um, I prefer to play like Arsenal or Liverpool or someone like that. But <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about that, but I I do I think I agree actually. You know, I, I was looking the uh, you know the first game's Norwich away at Liverpool tomorrow, and you know mm. they they're almost certainly going to get a beating. Like you know, I'm not going to say they're going to get hammered. I mean, but they're, they're certainly odds on to lose the game, I suppose. But you just think like, well, so what? I mean, you know, if you're a Norwich fan, or if you're a rational Norwich fan, and you lose that game, then. Surely you just think, well, that's that ticked off. Now we yeah, don't have to play. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you get on with it. With Bournemouth, <laughs> it's one of the games you look at and you think could get a point here. Yeah, and and feasibly in in three four months or towards the end of the season, we might look back on and go like, oh, I can't believe we lost to Bournemouth. You know, they're in the bottom three or in that kind of range. But you know, they beat us because we we have this weird. I, I, I don't have an explanation for the weird start, weirdly poor no. start to the season. Um, and and the fear is the the fear among uh, internet United fans, I suppose, is the the not only the the dreadful flat three in midfield, mm. but of course the presence of United's number seven, John Lundstrom, <laughs> JL seven, <laughs> <laughs> in that three. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of bored of Lundstrom's like the Lundstrom chat. Like, I don't think I don't think. So much was ever written or spoken about our like sixth choice central midfielder anymore. Except, except he might not be sixth choice. He might yeah, be start. Just... Yeah, I, I have a theory uh, which I've uh, put to you, I suppose, as to why he's played in every preseason game, and that it's mm. not necessarily because he's starting on Saturday. It's because he's just a, a body, essentially. That um, you know is is pretty uh, pretty athletic he's in good shape you know that's his, his fitness has never been uh, an issue so my theory is that he's played every game so that we can rotate other players around him and not have you yeah. know not have Ravel Morrison playing uh every start in every game or Luke Freeman playing every single game you know just just basically chuck Lundstrom in there and I think that's kind of supported by Regan Slater playing quite a lot as he well did, at the yeah, start of um, you know, obviously we knew he wasn't going to be part of the squad because he's gone out on loan to a League Two team. Yeah, it's gone to a League Two now. Yeah, it's going to, yeah. So, yeah, the Regan Slayer is the same thing as like just just a body in midfield to make up the numbers, essentially. So, I don't know. I, I 
I don't know where I stand. Do you think he's going to start or not? I don't know. I, 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 this is nothing against Lundstrom. I just don't like the flat three. I, I'd much prefer Freeman to be in there, um, or even you know Didzy playing that that attacking midfield role. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does start. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want him to play because I just don't think he's very good. I mean, I think he's he's okay. I don't understand how but, he's gone from a championship bit player to a premiership starter if he does play. Yeah. yeah. Which we went through at the start of last season as mm. well. Um, he was still, you know, starting games for us, and then was kind of bumped out when Norwood came in. I'd be surprised, but at the same time, not surprised if he plays. Um, I mean, the more logical midfield to me is um, Norwood Fleck and um, Luke Freeman. Yeah, so. definitely. That's the one I go for. Yeah, or even Ravel if you're going to, you know, above Lundstrom personally. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be ready yet. I no, mean, he, played, I he started last night, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Alan. it's the same way. I, I think Freeman will. Probably not, Kieran Freeman are probably not playing either. Yeah, agreed. Last night. Definitely agreed. Um, On the Bournemouth front, though, they have, they've got a few injuries. They've got Lee Cook out, Simon Francis, Brooks, Kelly, yeah. Charles Gosling. Daniels, Gosling. You know, this, this talk Ramsdale could uh, be in goal for him as well. Wow, really? Yeah, it's between him and Boric at the moment, uh, unless he signs someone. Um, is that a young keeper injured? Yeah, he's he's injured at the moment. Yeah, so uh, this is this was whether he's going to be injured for Saturday. He's not played in the pre-season games recently, apparently. Right. So it's between Ramsdale and uh, Arthur Boric, which is pretty good news, I think, because yeah, not rated Arthur Boric for a while, and uh, <laughs> Ramsdale obviously is a young keeper. So yeah, uh, they've made some quite good signings. Harry Wilson joined mm. on loan yesterday for the season. I don't know how good Harry Wilson is, but uh, he certainly does score a lot of long-range goals. So yeah, against us, yeah. well, <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, possibly, possibly a good I'm signing not for them. I'm worried about him as a player. Famous last words, you know. We'll yeah. be talking next week, and I'll feel an idiot. But I don't think he actually causes too many problems last year, other than his free kicks. Yeah. No, he's. he's I don't know if he is weirdly good at shooting from long range, or whether he just shoots from long range a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I think he's a slightly overrated player. I think we controlled player. the midfield in what at least two of the halves against Derby last year, and he was in there. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so, uh, Billing is a good signing from Huddersfield. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's going to start apparently because it's you know pretty too soon for him oh, to to come into their system. That's music to my ears because I could see him you know knocking our midfield three around a little yeah. bit. To be honest, yeah, so yeah, yeah. that would be nice. Um, yeah, they just generally on Bournemouth. Um, I mean, I've got a preview with uh, a chap from the Bournemouth podcast coming up after this section, actually. Um, but yeah, Wilson and King for them, very good strikers. You know, they're probably in Wilson is secondly and certainly in that sort of second tier of strikers. I think uh, mm-hmm. in the Premier League, I'm surprised. King, they kept, I'm surprised they kept hold of him in, in to a certain degree. Yeah, King probably just behind him as well. Uh, Ryan Fraser was an assist machine last season. Uh, he's another one they're not sure of playing because of the transfer rumours. Well, he's, uh, his contract runs out at the end of this season coming up. So, yeah, maybe it's the, now is the time to cash in, I suppose. Yeah. We'll see on that one. Um, yeah, it just uh, only Eden Hazard had more assists than him last season and... Oh. It wasn't a fluke either. His, his expected assists were 16.1, which was a full five better than anyone else in the league. So yeah. extremely creative player. Definitely one to uh, one to watch out for. Um, so, yeah, do you want to give a quick prediction? Oh, don't do this for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go... I'll, I'll go... I'll go one all. 
I think we probably will lose on the basis that. Yeah, um, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to say one all. I like it. I'll be delighted with that. Get a point on the board. Um, but yeah, I, the the slow start to the season is a is a bit of a worrying trend. And it is obviously, really... we beat Brentford though, didn't we, on the the first day of the Championship season? We did, and then um, okay. I guess. I mean, yeah, that, maybe that's a bit of an outlier that season because then we went to Cardiff, who got promoted, and Middlesbrough, who finished in the playoffs. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, lo- losing two out of the first three that year was was no real no real shame in that, I guess. But we did look a bit of a mess yeah. at the start of last season. So, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not hugely confident, but I, I hope to be surprised. Um, all right, mate, we've talked for an incredibly long time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, apologies for dragging it out so much and, and thanks i enjoyed it enjoyed it <laughs> yeah no it's good like i said i don't feel like i've I've seen much on um on the teams that are going to be down at the bottom apart from you know the team by team preview but mm-hmm. to actually sort of go over the the picture of the bottom third of the premier league is quite uh quite interesting i think hopefully people will agree yeah um any any final thoughts before i let you go no that's it i think uh obviously we uh Looking forward to it on Saturday. Uh, quite nervous, quite excited. It's one of those sort of things. Obviously, we've been waiting for it for a while, haven't we? Really now. So, mm. yeah. And then we'll uh, we'll be back either Sunday or Monday to uh, to yeah. dissect it and uh, and look ahead to uh, first home game. Just can't wait for. Mm. Good times. All right. Thank you very much. People, check you out on Twitter at Panchero and roy's view dot com. that's well. right and, uh, yeah what, what was the thing you published today just for anyone who's not oh seen yeah it? view from the media which is uh pretty much what we've just talked about but from people far more famous and well paid than us um uh, talking about like chances of sheffield united this season and it's not good from there, <laughs> from there yeah from there, more famous yeah. more famous more well paid and also more stupid yeah I'd i like I, what i love about them is just like for instance michael owens is just Sheffield United and Bournemouth are going down. No reason. <laughs> just that's it. That, that's all right. That's, that's it, it went back to uh, went back to feeding his horses immediately. Yeah, after exactly. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I mean, Alan, Alan Shearer. I've not put it in there. So Alan Shearer's tip just to finish bottom as well. Um, I saw today in the Mirror. I think or some red top paper. Anyway, so I've, I've seen it. again, no, no, no reason. Just. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I, people should go and check that out because you've very generously put a link to uh, yeah. all these articles or predictions as well. So a good one to a uh, good one to bookmark, hopefully for seven or eight months time. But also, is in you know, there's there's the stats bomb preview from uh, Ollie Walker is really well yeah, researched brilliant, brilliant and uh, well done. And um, John Ashdown's on the Guardian as well, who is a blade anyway, um, is a pretty good preview as well. So recommend checking that one out. Yeah. Um, Cool. Andrew, thanks so much again for giving up so much time. Thank you. Uh, And yeah, I will chat to you soon. Yeah, cheers. Thank you very much. Thanks very much to Andrew for giving up his time. Time to bring in Jeff Hayward from the AFC Bournemouth podcast, Back of the Net. All right, I'm joined now by Jeff Hayward from the AFC Bournemouth podcast, Back of the Net. Jeff, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. Good, looking forward to the big kickoff. Oh, very much so. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, very exciting. All this transfer talk as well is uh, gets you going, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll come on to some of Bournemouth's uh, transfer activity in a moment, but I, I guess I think the best place to start is um, you know a lot of United fans kind of talk about this uh, following the Bournemouth blueprint. You know, uh, basically, how have you kind of gone from a, a team that we were kind of challenging for promotion within League One about five years ago? 
um, to basically adapting so well to the Premier League, where you know you're essentially a, a pretty solid Premier League team now. Um, so I guess what's been the key to Bournemouth adapting once they got promoted to you know sticking around? Well, not going to lie to you, it's a bit of a surprise to a lot of Bournemouth fans too. You know, mm. this will be our fifth consecutive season, and I remember that Sheffield United season because I think I went to that game. You beat us two one at home that season, I think. Mm. Um, and you know, it's it's been a bit of a journey. It's it, it, it's easy to say, but uh, one man is key to it, and that's Eddie Howe. You know, everybody goes on about him. He's been super important for us. And he, he first started managing the club when we were on minus 17 points in Division 2 back in 2009. Um, and he's done amazing things. And, and what is it about him? Well, I think he's obviously a very talented coach. Uh, he gets all the players believing in him. They've all responded to him throughout our journey up the leagues. And he gets the most out of, his, out of those players. It, it's fantastic to see... Um, players who were great for us in the Championship, players who were great for us in League One, still playing for us in the Premier League and performing week in, week out. And I think that's it's fantastic coaching, which is which is just amazing to see as a Bournemouth fan. Um, you have to pinch yourself, really. <laughs> I think yeah, I think I say we're we're all kind of hoping the same will be sort of true for us because obviously we've kind of I think kept the core of that League One team together, and I sort of expect that all you know a large portion of that team will still be still be playing as far as in the Premier League so yeah it's, it's encouraging to see it being done and hopefully we can follow that model um, I think the key to it is really team spirit you know that's what he brings everybody buys into it and he's been able to he's been able to get players improve existing players but then slowly improve the squad and if you look at what Fulham did last season where they went out and spent a ton of money and ended up disrupting the whole team ethic I think that's something to avoid mm. so you know, if if you if you've got a core squad that's still together and can perform well, you've got every chance. Excellent. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, signings then. So, yeah, talk to us a little bit about uh, about Bournemouth's summer. I mean, are you uh, are you happy with the transfer business done, or any uh, any areas of concern, or and indeed anyone else that you're kind of hoping or expecting to sign before the deadline? I think anyone who saw us last season will recognise that defensively we were uh, flaky. Um, we've been uh, we were shipping the most goals out of all but two clubs last season and both of those went down so mm. you know it, it defensively he's made a couple of signings he's brought in a left back uh, Lloyd Kelly under 21 from Bristol City who you probably know from last season yeah very good player yeah and he's brought in a player from Luton Jack Stacey who's coming in as cover at right back whether mm. those guys are going to be first choices or not remains to be seen uh, I think more importantly, actually, has been who we haven't sold. Mm. Uh, you know, we've held on to Wilson, we've held on to Fraser, and obviously a player you know really well, David Brooks. Mm. Those three are really important, so kept all of those. Kept Ake as well, who uh, we told Leicester we wanted 75 million quid for him today, which was I quite I saw amazing. that, yeah. I like mm. that. That's how to negotiate. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the the, the fact is uh, we've got the core of the good players that we want to keep still together. We've added uh, Lloyd Kelly, Jack Stacey, but also a couple of new signings. Philip Billing from Huddersfield joined last week, who's going to bring a bit of solidity into midfield, I think. And then we've got another winger just in case, and when Fraser does leave from uh, from a Belgian club, Dan Juma, who, whether he starts or not, will be another thing, but... Uh, Again, you know, we've bolstered the squad rather than sold, which is great. 
Definitely. Um, you mentioned Fraser there. Do you expect him to leave? I mean, I think his contract's running out this season, right? Is that a, yeah, is, is that a un, sort of open secret that he's on his way? Yeah, I think Fraser will be lucky to have him next season unless miracles happen, but we'll see. I think one of the interesting things as well is that we sold Lise Mousse to you, who um, got a lot of sub-appearances for us um, and always uh, flattered to deceive. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes for you guys. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, we're. I think most of us are just a bit. Uh, just think that's a bit of a punt, to be honest, from us. Which is, it's kind of amazing that we're in a position where we can spend ten million on someone that, you know, realistically is probably our fifth choice striker at the moment. Like even with the amount we've spent on him. So yeah, interested to see how that one goes. But at least he's uh, a young player with some uh, some upside, I suppose. Um, apologies, this wasn't on my list of kind of talking points, but you mentioned him there, David Brooks. Just uh, just quickly talk to us about. Um, I guess what you what you thought when he first signed, and then maybe how you'd how you'd sort of rate his first season with you. I think I think we all we all thought he's too young, he's not physical enough, he's going to buckle, he won't be able to cope. But honestly, what a star player and um, amazing talent! He's been fantastic for the team, gives us a real extra attacking edge. Just just a, a star player, and yeah, I think. I think we're delighted to have him. Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope he has a you know very successful career for you. But if he does move on to a, an even bigger club, then uh, we have a. I think we have quite a nice sell-on clause. So maybe <laughs> uh, maybe further down the line, there'll be a bit more money coming our way. But yeah, it's uh, it's, it's great. I, I think he's an absolutely top player, and you know, it's it's. I really really enjoyed seeing him flourish uh, for Bournemouth last season you know as much as it kind of pained me that he's not doing that for United I think it was I think it was one of those deals that was good for both clubs in a way because it allowed us to uh, finance a few things that helped us get promoted but yeah um so I mean yeah we talked about your kind of uh, strengthening the squad there what are your what are your hopes for Bournemouth this season well um I think this will be our fifth consecutive season in the Premier League and probably the fifth consecutive season that we've been tipped by all and sundry to be relegated so um, we'll see how that goes I think if we can finish better than last season which started well but ended a bit sort of um, disappointingly that'd be great so we were 14th last season on 45 points I think it was so do better than that would be great. If we can finish top 10, that'd be fantastic. Carabao Cup, great. You know, we got to the quarterfinals last year. It'd be great to go one step better, two steps better even. Hmm. Um, I think I think the, the tough thing is um, what makes the Premier League such a challenge is that you get games that realistically are going to be incredibly tough to get anything out of and you'll probably get spanked once or twice, which is, you know, what happens. And it's about keeping consistent, keeping positive, even when, you know, you're losing five mil away at Man City or something like that, you know. Um, so if we can get a bit better against those top six sides, um, as well, picking up more points, draws even would be great, I think, this season. That'd be nice. Give Chelsea another hammering at, uh, at home as well. Yeah. well <laughs> You know, we we beat them 4-0 um, this season. We beat Spurs for the first time. The only top six team we haven't yet beaten in those five seasons is Manchester City. So we got them third game. That would be really nice. Yeah, not not much shame in not having beaten them in that <laughs> run, I don't think. Um, I mean, do you think that's... Do you think that's realistic that Bournemouth... I mean, are you remotely worried about relegation? Because I would not have you in that bunch. I think you'll be absolutely fine. I, th- I think the key thing as an outsider is you have two excellent strikers in uh, in Wilson and King. 
And, uh, you know, you mentioned the, the bad defensive record last season, but the fact is you, you're going to score goals with those two players and, yeah, with Fraser and with Brooks when he comes back as well. So I, I don't have Bournemouth remotely close to relegation, to be honest. But what do you think? Do you think that's a realistic uh, well, prediction that people are saying? You would hope so. I mean, we, we seem to flirt with it for a period of the season every time. And um, when the season starts, you always look at it and think, pick three worse teams than us. And this season, I am fairly confident I can do that again without naming names. Hmm. Um, Sheffield United not being one of them, incidentally. Very, very but, nice of you to say so. But, but, <laughs> but I think there are three weaker teams than us. And you just hope that it pans out that way. I mean, it, it's always tough. It, it, we started really well last season and then went on a terrible run where we lost every away game we played for about, you know, four months, it felt. Mm. So, you know, it's it's about staying staying positive when you do get those bad runs and making sure that you do you do well when you do when you've got the chance to do well. Yeah, absolutely. Right, well you've said some nice things about Sheffield United, so let, let's get down to it then. Give us uh, just to finish up, let's uh, give us a quick prediction for Saturday's game. Okay, so last season we had Cardiff first game, who were, like you, promoted club and came to us with, um, you know, lots of aggression and uh, not an amazing amount of skill when they played us. We managed to beat them 2-0. I think you'll be a tougher opponent, but I think we might well just edge it. If we keep a clean sheet, that would be fantastic. So I'm going for a 1-0 win. That's fair enough. I will not. Uh, I will not abuse you for that prediction. I think. Uh, I think. Yeah. Probably. We we seem to start very slowly under Wilder. Weirdly, it's one of the uh, the strange quirks of his his tendency as manager. Considering he's been fantastic, we generally lose the first couple or two of the first three games. And yeah, it won't uh, it won't shock me at all if we don't get any points in this one. But hopefully, we'll get up and running against Palace the following game. All right. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for taking time to uh, to talk to us about Bournemouth. Obviously, I hope you're wrong with your prediction, but uh, I wish you and uh, and the whole club a lot of luck for the season. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully both of us will be playing in the Premier League in uh, 2020-21 as well. Yeah, let's hope so. Same to you, Ben.